0: Viator is the world's leading travel experience marketplace, offering everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche interesting stuff in between. Extensive options, ease of selection and flexibility at your fingertips help make sure your time is wonderfully spent. Viator is the place to go to book experiences that will create long-lasting moments that make lifetime memories. And Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences to choose from in over 190 countries. In In fact, just last year, Viator helped my family put together this amazing adventure on the island of Kona. Swimming with the manta rays, trying to avoid the barracudas. Whatever your wildest dreams, if you can imagine it, Viator probably has an experience just for you. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in Viator's world of wonderful experiences. Viator. One site. Over 300,000 experiences you'll remember.
1: G'day everyone, Lauren Kress, the business scientist here. Before we begin today's podcast, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections with land, sea and community. I pay my respects to elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples living and working on the land. So new time, new year. Uh, Happy 2021, everyone. Thank fuck. I mean, it's not a great way to be starting the year where I am anyway, (laughs) but guys, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Uh, I hope you've been having an awesome start to the year. I hope you are having time off. I hope that maybe this is something that you're listening to Once you're getting back into business, you know, like maybe this is something you're listening to in February or maybe this is something you're listening to a little bit later in January. Uh, But thank you for joining me. Thank you for being with me here on the Grow Your Brand show. Uh, So Tuesdays is going to be the new time for me to release an episode. I'm going to do one a week moving forward for the year. Uh, It's going to change up a bit. So at the moment I'm sharing interviews throughout January But once I launch season five, which will be a little bit later this month, um, as we have our hundredth episode of the podcast, uh, I'll be changing things up. So some weeks I might be doing more like seen and heard episode. Uh, Some weeks I'll be doing sharing interviews and some weeks I'll be doing mindset podcast stuff. Mindset and motivation. I think I'll probably interchange the two. Um, But yeah, I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm very excited to be sharing this show with you today. I was just actually listening back to it, and I was like, I need to, I need to listen to this a few times because there's so much, there's so much great stuff in here, and it kind of challenges some of the stuff that I had been thinking. So I'm speaking with uh, Jason Osborne from Rethink Academy, and we're talking about niche marketing. Now, this niche being niche became such a massive buzzword over the last couple of years. I have had a few rants about it uh, since, like 2019. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like everyone's talking about being niche, being niche, being niche, or uh, you know, as um, Americans say it, being niche. <laughs> Niches are in the riches, right? Um, and I had I kind of challenged that a bit. I've I've spent my time uh, challenging that for the last couple of years because. I think it's a bit more nuanced than simply finding a specialty and like being different and then being like, oh, cool. Like I'm going to make a whole heap of money. And like, I'm going to speak about with Jason, we're going to talk about that. Like, you know, the fact that he's like, I've got clients that come to me and he's kind of like, well, what ni- what niche or what niche is going to make me the most money? And it's like, well, if we knew that we would be billionaires, right? Like <laughs> we don't necessarily know what niche is going to make lots of money, but I think I've changed my mind about this a little bit. Where I used to really struggle with this is when people just thought I can just like slap a label on someone, make a whole bunch of assumptions uh, about someone's demographics and psychographics and then, you know, market to them. And that just didn't really sit well with me and didn't really make sense to me. Um, But – and I I still think that. I think that um, sometimes people niche down unnecessarily – so what I mean by that is sort of like, let me use a really concrete example. Like if someone said, oh, we make a sort of a plant-based chocolate bar uh, for blonde women. Right. Like that doesn't make sense. It's like, why do they have to be blonde? Why do they have to be women? Um, it, it, that And and the the thing that you're making is kind of like for a particular audience, but there's a mismatch between the people that you've chosen and that you're saying you're marketing to, and the people that would actually buy the chocolate bar. And what would probably happen is, even if they were trying to market to blonde women, they would probably actually find that they're selling to people who are eco focused, people who are um, people who are vegan or vegetarian or Um, like the idea of supporting a business that is uh, aligned with their values, right? So that's where I have had problems with when people say, oh, you're being niche. It's like, well, it's more than that. And that's what we're going to dive into today. We're going to talk about how you kind of find your niche market, what that looks like, the questions you need to ask yourself. Um, Jason's going to take us through Rethink Academy's framework, which is actually based on that acronym rethink. Um, so the rethink formula and kind of help us to just have a bit of a deeper think about what it means to find our niche. I know you're going to love it because I loved it and I'm someone who is really resistant to this stuff. So that's always a good sign. Um, would love to know what you think you can tweet with me at laurencress89 you can jump on linkedin and chat with me there Um, but without further ado let's get on to the main part of the episode there might just be a little ad break here and i'll be back in a tick
0: what's the copay for my eye exam how much is my lens allowance what kind of frames can i get and most importantly who accepts my vision insurance Vision insurance can be confusing. Luckily, Pearl Vision can help you make sense of it. They offer a wide selection of -of state-of-the-art lenses and brand name frames. Plus, they work with all major vision plans, including iMed. Visit pearlvision.com to find your neighborhood eye care center today.
1: Again, same day, two live streams in a row. I'm really excited because we're talking about niches this afternoon and finding the right niche. So I'm speaking with Jason Osborne from Rethink Academy. And Jason, just to start with, share a little bit about you and and what you do.
2: Sure, absolutely. Uh, Thanks, Lauren. First of all, it's great to be here. Really, really excited about today. Um, So what we do, um, I'm the head of coaching at Rethink Academy, and we work with people all across the world to help them build online businesses. And uh, all the way from starting up from scratch, so not having any experience whatsoever all the way to people that are in business and just really using social media and the internet to uh scale what they do and so it's amazing to to well on, on what we do with all of that stuff and i know we're going to jump into a lot of detail around that today but that's just an overview helping people use social media even if you don't like it you don't have to like it to make it work <laughs> which is people. i hate being on social media but we, we that's what we do we help people on social media to generate income Which is awesome, Mm,
1: amazing. Well, you know, I'm curious actually to start off the conversation by saying, like, you know, how much easier are things with social media? Because I'm like, yeah, what did what did people do before they had it?
2: Yeah, yeah. How much it's it's so much easier. So I started uh, internet marketing, so online marketing, thirteen years ago, and there there was like MySpace and that sort of stuff back then. But I don't think people really knew how to utilize that element of it. So how to market yourself was a lot more difficult and and much more challenging. So social media these days, it helps you to be able to get in front of your ideal prospects, able to help people to see who you are, just like we are here on live stream, actually seeing us and chatting to us. And we can talk about things and people really get to know who you are, where, you know, 13 years ago when I started, it, it wasn't quite as easy to really get known and be understood on, on what you're able to do. So social media has made a massive, massive impact on people to be able to promote out what they do and, and market and really build that kind of loyal fol- following that, that we're able to do now on social media, which is pretty cool.
1: I think one of the things as well for like, you know, I know some marketers watch and listen to this, right? And I know like traditional marketing, was a very I mean and I think a lot of what people are still learning to be honest is very outdated with like how you know marketing can work and what you can really do and it I wanted to say that because I think it does bring us to that niche conversation. Like,
0: mm. you
1: know, before, if you were going out on newspaper, you're going out on television, you're going out on uh, what's the other one? Radio, right? And that's kind of your only options. Yeah. You've got a big audience casting your net wide. Marketing was done a bit differently. Can you talk us through how has niche marketing changed and how do you, how do you even define that?
2: Yeah so so niche niche marketing niche marketing is just making sure that you get really clear on who your ideal prospect is and this is something that we deal with all the time and it's, it's, uh, it's fun. We seem to repeat ourselves over and over and over again, but we're not brought up in school to do this sort of stuff. You know, how do you find your ideal prospects? And um, even though even college and universities, you know, they, there's a lot of good about those, but really fine tuning how you get down and find your ideal prospect. I, I, I think there could be better teaching around all that sort of stuff, but the importance of it is that, what we often say is this, if you try to speak to everybody, you'll end up speaking to nobody. And that's what a lot of people end up doing. They go through this process of, of trying to cast this really wide net of trying to capture everybody. And what I found is over the last kind of 13 years of chatting with people and working with people on, on their niches, it to me, what it looks like is it comes down to actually a scarcity mentality of why people try to cast out their net so wide because as soon as you start having people focus down specifically on who they're wanting to help what's that one thing you can help them achieve all that sort of thing people all of a sudden get really nervous They're like well yeah but what about if this person comes and they need help in this area or someone else needs help in this area and they're worried about all these people that might come that aren't coming to them but what if they do and it The thing is, if you get really clear on what you're doing and you've got a a steady stream of leads and business coming in, you're not worried about the one-offs that might need some vague offer that you could help them with. And so... What we do is we, we say, look, stop stop being so concerned about the the what ifs. Get really focused on what you're doing. And as you do that, your marketing language, how you speak to people, what you put out on social media, uh, even if you're and we can go into this in a little bit more detail as well. But even the, the free things that you give away to build up your email list, your lead magnets, they get really specific talking about the main challenges, the main pain points that that particular market has to deal with. And they're able to self-identify with that and go, yes, that's me. I need help with that. Where if you're so broad, it becomes really, people start going, "What? I don't quite get what you do. What is it that you do? And a confused mind doesn't make a decision. It just leaves because we're bombarded all the time with decisions every single day. And so if we're not clear on exactly what it is that we're offering, how is it? your prospect going to be clear about what you offer as well and how you're going to help them. So niche is extremely important. Very, very important.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, you mentioned the scarcity thing and uh, I mean, you know, I've been in business for four years, definitely have been through that kind of, you know, it's almost like you kind of launch with, I think what happens, especially in the consulting and the coaching space or where you're providing a service is Mm -hmm. you launch and we actually kind of have a weird luxury at the beginning because we might have some foundation clients, you know, often we've been working, we have that network. So we might be like, Oh, there's a few people who kind of need my help and I'm a marketing person, so I can help them with marketing. And then we kind of get sucked into that because like, Oh, now I've got some cash flow, but then we don't have time to market ourselves. And you know, one thing you and I were even talking about before the chat is like marketers often aren't very good at marketing themselves. And a lot of business services aren't great at doing growing their business, which is kind of ironic, right? But it's yeah. like, how can you, if you're kind of constantly trying to adjust your business based on whoever comes through through your door?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it, it, when, when you do that, you're unclear about what you offer as well. And, and as you said, you know, when you start off, you're kind of in this luxury position because oftentimes when you start off, particularly if you're coaching, offering a service, like you said, you kind of, you you kind of take on pro bono cases just because you want to get some business coming in. And so you have this wide range of this spectrum of clients that come in, which is good because you get experience, but on the other side, then you become unclear on exactly what you're helping people to achieve because you're just well, I help this person have this issue and I help them. This other person helped this person or I help this other person and they have this issue. And then now you're confused. So who is my ideal prospect? What is that main thing I'm helping them to, to focus in on? But it's a journey. It's a process. And just as you said, you know, you've been in business now for four years and you've refined your process and what you do and who your target market is. And so it's a journey. You know, you don't have to get it right. Uh, you know, oftentimes we, we also have clients that come in and say, just tell me the niche that's going to make me the most amount of money, the fastest. <laughs> you know, and we're like, man, if we had that crystal ball you know, we'd be billionaires at this point. So you can't, you can't judge that. I mean, there are some niches. We we always tell people, if you're not really sure about what to go into, or you don't already have an existing business, you know, pick one of the top three, which is um, health, wealth, and happiness. You know, pick one of those top three, and then start fine tuning and niching down as you go. But, you know, there there's people that make great money in loads of niches. They're, they're everywhere, but you just have to learn those skills, which is exactly what we go through. And we teach and mentor and train people through with the three thing, re- rethink formula and model. So, but yeah, niche yeah. is awesome.
1: Well, I want to ask you about the rethink formula in a second, but one other question I have for you is like, what's your thoughts on how passionate you should be about the niche?
2: Yeah. Okay. So a couple of things around this if you if you're if you' are passionate, if you're inspired by what you do, that's always great because it doesn't feel like work. But there's other things as well that people are really inspired on that it's it's more challenging to monetize those elements of it. So you know if if you're if you're passionate about weaving, great. I don't know how big that market is, so there has to be there has to be some some research and 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 stuff that goes out there. Uh, one of the things, so the founder of Rethink uh, Academy, Paul, um, I've known Paul for uh, I think twelve years now, way before he even started Rethink, and when we were talking about things because uh, we were doing a lot of online marketing together back in the day and of course we are now as well but one of the things is he was always really inspired to help people that was his that was his passion that's what inspired him is to help people to to develop to grow and all of that and one of the offshoots now that he has uh, developed is something called Fun Financial Freedom, so putting the fun in finance, helping kids and teenagers with their finances and all oh, that sort of thing. So needed, it's, so
1: needed. It,
2: it's so needed, and it's powerful in what he's doing. Yeah. But what he realizes is this, he need he one at the time, you know, he he was broke, right? He didn't have have money to be able to launch that, so he needed the financial <laughs> education himself. And that that even then, that wasn't quite the vision of that's developed over time on where he've got, where he's gone with that. But what he knew is he to be able to provide value to people and earn an income would be able to fund and finance the actual passions he had in life. Mm -hmm. So there's a balance there. Sometimes there are things that you're really inspired by. So I'm inspired with what I do every day. So with my business, what I do, I'm inspired by. I love it. Fantastic. But there's other other things that I'm inspired by that my business helps fund as well. And it's the same thing with what we do and rethink. And we teach people is inspiration is awesome. Being being passionate about things is fantastic to have. But if you can't make money on your passion, then look at how what you do in your business funds your passion. And once you link those two things up, then you have a purpose for getting up every single day and continue to, to, you know, not only have the fun times, but challenging times because business can be challenging, right? It's, it's not roses every single day. And that, so that that's how we always talk to people. It's just link those two things up and it makes a world of difference in what you do in life and business and family and everything else.
1: Yeah, I love it. Great advice. Just want to give a quick shout out to Catherine Zaharis as well, who said such a great point when you were talking before about that importance of really, really honing in and focusing. Um, one other thing I want to ask you about before we get off niches and talk about this more holistically in terms of the Rethink Formula is, so I think Uh, The other thing that can happen on uh, really putting my entrepreneur cap on here, which, you know, not every coach and consultant and practitioner has that entrepreneurial mindset. But if I put the entrepreneurial cap on, I kind of think like, oh, yeah, but when I get bored, (laughs) you know, when I get bored, when I when I focus in on this and this was definitely for me, it was a massive hurdle for a while. I'm curious about have you come across that resistance and what would you say to someone who's kind of worried about that?
2: About becoming bored and what you do.
1: Well, being bored by being so specific or so Uh, focused. All right, guys, we're just going to take a quick ad break to remind you that this podcast show is sponsored by you, the listener. It's made possible by the people who listen to this show. At the moment, this show is still relatively new. We've We've just turned one. And during that time, there's been some people who've, you know, Jumped in super early to support the show, and I really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much to everyone who's been doing that. It means a lot to me. Uh, this podcast costs me money to make. I have to pay hosting fees, and obviously, it takes quite a lot of time and energy to put together. And I'm really happy to do it. I love doing this show, uh, and you know, I'm I'm trying to balance that with everything else that I'm kind of doing. So, if you can afford it. What I'm asking listeners to do is basically support the show for the price of a cup of coffee once a month. Uh, what you can do if that's something that you can afford and you're interested in and you want to sort of co-create this show with me, uh, you can head over to Kofi. It's K O-fi.com forward slash Lauren Cress. And basically you can choose to buy me a cup of coffee. And what I'll ask you is if you'd like to make that a monthly thing. And what I'm really asking in 2021 is If you're a regular listener, if you enjoy getting this amount of content, all the content I've done before as well for free, please consider supporting me as a once a month thing. If you can't afford it and you're like, I can just do like one coffee, Lauren, as like a one-off thing. That's totally cool. That would still be amazing. And either way, I will give you a shout out on the show. If you're kind of like, you know what, Lauren, like times are really tough. I can't head over there and buy you a cup of coffee at the moment. This is just not something I'm able to do. That's okay. I don't want you to feel bad about that. There's other things that you can do to support the show. You can share it with a friend. You can rate and review the show. Just head to ratethispodcast.com forward slash grow your brand, and you'll be able to rate the show there. That really helps to grow the show. So sharing it, rating it, reviewing it, all that stuff really, really helps. Appreciate anything you can do. Uh, I won't take up any more of your time on that. I'll let you get back to listening to the rest of the episode with Jason Osborne.
0: The world is always on, but you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. At Mattress Firm's Black Friday Now sale, save up to 60% on Sealy with Queen Mattresses starting at $279.99. Talk to a sleep expert today and unjunk your sleep.
2: Yeah, well, the thing about it is, once you kind of get into a groove of anything, it becomes kind of a habit, and the the excitement of learning that process at the beginning kind of wanes because you're just doing the same thing over and over and over again, and so what what we're always looking at doing is how do you how do you re inspire yourself through that, and this is the this is part of the journey and process through that because. When you're first starting off, the let's say that it's the lack of knowledge or that the, the the desire to learn that helps kind of drive that as well. Once you've learned that, it just becomes it's like brushing your teeth, right? I mean, when can you even remember when you brushed your teeth? I I can't, you know. But but just like anything else, when it, when it, when you're a kid, brushing your teeth is exciting. You know, I have I have a, a five year old six-year-old and 11-year-old and when my five and six-year-old brush their teeth you know they still have like dinosaur toothbrushes they get really excited about it as a matter of fact my my middle son the other day we got a new toothbrush I mean a new toothpaste and he was so excited because he would never had a white white tooth, toothpaste before he always had that kid kind of blue and he was so excited about it I was like all right well that's what floats your boat you know but it, it, it's something, you know, of course, today as adults, we don't care what color it is necessarily, whether it's striped or white or blue or whatever. We just brush our teeth and it, it's just boring. It's just, okay, It's one of the things we do every day. But when you're able to actually link things up to say, OK, well, I've learned I've learned this aspect. Now, where do I grow? How do I help people further? What's that next step And kind of the evolution of my own journey? Then that's where you stop becoming bored, because boredom usually takes place when you stop learning. And as soon as you stop learning, that's when that boredom sets in. And so oftentimes, you know, when we look at success, that's, we we often frame life in saying, okay, are we successful? But as soon as you've achieved a particular level of success, whatever that might be, we forget about that drive and journey of what we wanted to accomplish there, because we're just looking at all the things we now don't have. So, one of the things that we we always talk about with with clients, and I'm always encouraging people around, and we hear this all the time is people just say, Do you know what? I just want my first lead in. That's it. I just want my first lead because it will let me know that it works. And I always tell people, Write this down. Okay. Particularly if we're like on a mastermind group call or whatever. So, everyone notice this. Everyone make note of it, okay, because this is a common thing. Write it down today. Put it in your journal. Today's, you know, the, the 15th of September. Your goal is one lead and how excited you're going to be because I guarantee you the second that first lead comes in, you're going to forget about the excitement and you're going to go, one lead. Well, what's that going to do? I, I, it hasn't made me any money. It doesn't do things. And you're on to, well, I need so much more. It, I haven't even landed a client yet and so we move on and and we forget about that we all I want is that one lead and I just so I know it works and so it's that that learning process that i think you know as you move forward that helps us not to stay bored continue to grow and develop ourselves
1: yeah i think you know applying it to myself one thing that i found cuz i really was like this i was very worried about getting too focused and um what I actually found really this year I mean so you know four years in and this is when I kind of realized that I was like actually as I'm getting more and more focused you know to Mm -hmm. the point where so now I say like you know helping smart people share their best stories with the world that's my kind of mission right and I've gotten a lot more specific there and I'm like it's just opened up so much not only just opportunity but like I can research deeper I can really explore topics in a way that I couldn't because I was trying to be so generalized and like I know a little bit about everything like no actually now I can really hone in and so for people who are still a bit skeptical I say like that's what I experienced firsthand was like now I'm really learning before I was kind of scatterbrained now I'm like now I'm actually really learning which is exciting Yep. Um, all right, let me ask you about this formula because I keep talking about it. I'm like, we're we'll right out of time. So we've talked about the right niche. That's yep. the first one, right?
2: Right niche, that's the first one. So rethink it's it's uh every every letter stands for something. So first one's right niche, definitely important. Yeah, and then uh so we go through this and we've got E, which is evaluate your avatar. So once you get your your right niche, it's getting really clear specifically who the type of person is that you're wanting to work with. So if you're, let's say a life coach, then your avatar will be an individual where if you provide like a B2B service or product, your avatar would be more of a a type of business that you're wanting to work with and getting really clear on who it is that you're wanting to work with. Cause one of the other things we were laughing about earlier, Lauren, before we jumped on is, you know, people often go, I, I just, I can help everybody. And when yeah. you, it, and as soon as you try to start speaking to everybody, you speak to nobody because your ma- your message is so vague. It's confusing and people don't really know what you're doing. So, so right niche, and then you evaluate your avatar getting really clear on who that specific target market is that you're wanting to work with as well. And then we move into T, which is you want to target your, the right traffic. So where it, where is your traffic? Where's that right, right niche. Okay. So you've got your niche, your avatar, and then where do you find them? Where's that target? To, to drive that traffic. So, you know, if you're B two B, LinkedIn is a phenomenal platform. If you're very much uh, kind of younger, maybe your target market is not not necessarily you're younger, but your target market is maybe in their 20s and 30s. Then maybe things like TikTok or maybe even Snapchat could do really well. Instagram, you know. So you want to make sure who, where's your where's your traffic right now. Okay, so Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever. And you want to be able to get in front of them. So, understanding where your traffic is so that you can actually start helping them. So, once you get through that, then you go into the H, which is help for free. So, you want to go out there and provide value. And oftentimes, what we tell people and and coach people through is, is having what we call a lead magnet. So, having something that you give for free. Where in exchange for that, you get someone's name and email address. Okay? And we've all done this before. We've all put our name and email address into something. And that's what it is. It's a lead magnet where you're helping people for free so they can start experiencing the value that you can add to them. Okay, And as soon as they start seeing the value you can add to them, then they want more. So your help for free and show them what you're able to do. And then what we do is we say, once you help them go to an immediate upsell. Okay. So go through there. And oftentimes what we'll do is even on the thank you page, once someone signs up with their name and email address, it takes onto a thank you page saying, you know, thank you so much for uh, signing up for, for this free ebook or whatever it might be. Right. Um, But to help you along or speed your journey along or whatever, Here's something else that you can help speed up that journey. And then you're promoting something that actually costs. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be your own product. It can be what's called an affiliate product, something that you're promoting out that you haven't created, but you get in a commission for that. So it's an immediate upsell because people in that, they're already saying yes to putting in their name and email address. They want to learn. So they might a percentage of those people might say, yes, I'm going to take that up. And right away, you can start making money doing that, which is pretty Mm -hmm. cool. OK, so you have that immediate upsell once you have this list, then that you've built up this email list, you move on to the N, which is nurture your list. And nurture your list is just making sure that you are continually adding value to them, speaking to them, dealing with the problems and challenges and pain points. And that could be through email. It could be through what we're doing now through live stream or podcast. It can be through other resources that you're doing, webinars you're doing. It could be loads of different stuff, but you're wanting to nurture your list to continue to add value to them. And as you do that, people will. Take up different offers, whether it's something you're offering, promoting or selling, uh, whether it's somebody else's that you're promoting, and you get commissions from. But you want to nurture your list and build that up. And then the last one, which is K, is know your numbers. And this is something that a lot of people forget. They just they're they're more concerned. I just want to make money. But knowing your numbers is where things really start to grow and we always tell people to not become emotionally attached to what you're doing. Let the numbers tell you what you should do, because the numbers will tell you where you needed to make changes, where you need to improve uh, conversion rates, what's working, what's not working. And you just let the numbers tell you exactly what to do. And then you adjust accordingly. So that's the framework we, we work through, the rethink model. and We walk people through that process and it works, and which is the main thing. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. And actually the, that immediate upsell, I really like that. Like that's actually quite unique. I, like I, I know about sort of like, uh, you know, trigger emails, super important, have a much higher percentage open rate, have a much higher percentage even conversion rate down the track. Using a trigger email where someone downloads a lead magnet, you get in contact with them straight away. But that idea of them being like, because I'm top of mind right now and you might forget about me in like a day, Here's the thing you can buy. And now we've got this other way of, of building memorability. Really love that. And then with the, cause I'm not going to go through each one because, <laughs> 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 but I just wanted to pick out my, my sort of favorite, favorite parts of that was like, um, was, was the other bit was know your numbers, which is something we've been talking about on the show a lot lately. So one of the things we were talking about in like, um, I do like a Monday motivation episode, And I I was saying, you know, you need like, you need to know which, which metrics matter. So like what I see a lot of people doing is they'll focus on baseline and they're like, well, you know, I did 40 sales calls and I got like one conversion. Let's say they were doing cold, cold calling, cold emailing is their thing. Right. And I'm like, that sounds bad. That's actually really good. If you compare it with benchmarks, which is why I'm not a fan of the cold the cold yep. calling approach because it's actually it's got a very low conversion rate, but you can't just say something's bad and that's what I see a lot of people doing. Yeah. Um is kind of getting uh caught, getting emotionally attached to the numbers and thinking, "Oh, I'm doing this good or this bad." And it's like contextualize it, right?
2: Yo, yeah. Yeah, you have you have to contextualize it. And and you have to understand that where you are in your journey as well, because every everyone's in a different place. And so, you know, we have hundreds of, of clients that come in through through kind of a higher end uh, mentoring programs. We have thousands of clients coming through uh, just our entry level programs and stuff and. Some people do really, really fast. They move through stuff. They're making money, and people start comparing themselves to them. But they don't understand the journey and process where that person has come from and what they've they've learned. So even when you're talking about phone calls, you know, if part of your process is getting people on the phone to discuss what you offer and all of that, if you've never been on the phone, if you've never had those those you know quote unquote sales conversations or discovery calls or strategy calls, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, your conversion rates are going to be low. You know, like that. Of course, mine were too. Like everyone's is because you have to learn that process. It's a never ending skill that you're, you're developing. And I learn stuff all the time. I've been I've been quote unquote in sales for over 20 years and I'm always learning stuff. I'm a student of this because I want to learn it and understand it better. And so, yeah, you have to contextualize it. Cold calling is so much more challenging than building up a, you know, a warm list or, uh, you know, if we're having a conversation like this and let's say our objective was to get people on the phone after this, our conversations are going to be so much better than it on the phone than if we just send out an email where someone doesn't really know who we are. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's stage of that and you learn it's a process through that. So you you, you have to take the emotion emotion out. Uh, definitely you have to see where you are in that process and just learn and always be looking at that. And, and I always tell our clients, you're going to have amazing calls and you're always going to have bad calls. And just know that because that just takes the elephant out of the room, right? Okay, I'm going to have bad calls, right? Full stop. All right, cool. All right, that's dealt with. So fantastic. So what do I do with the bad calls then? Well, I learn from them. Okay, what did I, what did that person ask that I didn't know the answer to? What? How can I be better prepared for the next call? What are, how can I position what I do? Because they seem to enjoy it, but they just didn't see the value on actually working with me. Okay, so how do I frame my value better on the next call? So you're always learning that. And, it, you know, as I said, it is a process, it's a journey. And um, don't compare yourself to other people as well, because that you'll, God, you'll, you'll put yourself in a state of depression really quick doing that. So
1: it's really refreshing to hear your perspective on this because, you know, I see a lot of ads out there and I think a lot of people who are interested in this content will be seeing the same thing, right? I see a lot of ads out there that it seems like what they're trying to push is like the tough love thing. Like, Oh, you just got to grind and you just got to do this. And you know, and it's kind of like, I just like how you're like, well, yeah, of course you're going to be bad at some stuff and that's okay. Like, I just, I feel like that's, we need more of that in the business world. We need more of us being like, yeah, I stuffed up that. And like, that was hard. And of course, like, why are we all pretending it's so, so easy? <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I mean, and, and and this is the thing, right? People get into this and they, they, they think, oh, all I have to do is the rethink formula. I just do this, 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 and then this, that's the framework right? right yeah. But you have to learn that process and it's a skill and you're going to mess up. You're going to mess up all the, I still mess up. Everyone messes up. There's no one's perfect in this journey. And the fact of the matter is this, even the best salespeople in the world don't have a hundred percent close rate. Like it's impossible to have that. Even 50% close rate is practically unheard of. Mm-hmm. Like closing one out of every two is, I, I mean, it, someone that does that, like there it's just unbelievable it, it, you just never hear that so, so a 25 percent close rate is is achievable and and you, you you start seeing those types of numbers for really good sales people but even that is really really high mm-hmm. so and that's not to be discouraging around it but it because if you have a process in place that no those numbers work really well but yeah it, man lauren there's it may people make mistakes. There's challenges. You go through that sort of stuff. And yeah, there's a place to to you know go in and have that hustle, that grind mentality at times, but I don't subscribe to the whole grind to die or hustle to you die mentality either. Um, you know, people want to, and that's your personality and how you work, fantastic. Um, I you know, I have a I like to have a little bit more balance in my life personally, but yeah, you're gonna make mistakes, you're gonna have frustrations, you're gonna have down days, you're gonna have up days it's a balance. It's going to happen that way. And once you realize that you're able to settle into that and go, okay, I've had a down day or I've had a down call or I've had a challenging client that's challenged me on tons of things. How can I learn from that today? Add that into my business, make not only myself better, but my business better and move forward. And you always want to be learning as opposed to just getting discouraged by it.
1: It reminds me of a a, a few years ago, I read um, Dale Carnegie's, you know, How to Win Friends and Influence People, a classic. And I I mean, it was written in the 1930s. And like, we didn't even have a word for emotional intelligence yet. I was like, this is an emotionally intelligent book. It's brilliant, right? Uh, But at one point, he's talking about someone else. And I can't remember what exactly this person's role was. But it sounded like they were a relatively high up executive kind of person. And what they did was I had this practice like every Sunday night where they went through their diary, you know, paper and pen days, went through their, their diary or their, their um, calendar and kind of looked at what's all the appointments I had this week and what were those conversations and where did I stuff up and what could I have done better? And he was like, and it was the most painful and excruciating process to do every week, but you learn so much faster Because you're actually reflecting. And I think one thing we miss out on a lot is that because we're afraid of failure and because we're afraid of putting ourselves out there and because we're afraid of when we make mistakes, we don't look at it and then we can't learn because we're avoiding it, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of the things, um, so I know this may be a podcast, but I have a a, a daily journal, right? And I write down... um, several things every single day. And one of the things that I write down is three things that I'm grateful for. So, and one of the things that I make sure is, so two of the things could be, I'm I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for a roof over my head, you know, just normal stuff that we write down. But I always make sure one of those things is something that's challenged me in the day and what I've learned from that. And what I found by doing that is, is I begin to I I've, I've put, framed my mind in a way where when when challenges come, because I'm doing this every day, I'm seeing the benefits of the challenges. And so when a challenge comes, I now look at it as saying, OK, there is a balance in this because I have an opportunity to learn through this challenge today. And so ch- the, the sting of the challenges, OK, it begins to dissipate because when you really look at it, you go, this challenge has forced me to move forward or it's made me look at this area that I need to develop so yeah there's always growth if we look at it correctly
1: I love that that's such a brilliant practice I I feel like I'm going to implement that myself actually I might steal that one of you
2: (laughs) yeah go for (laughs) it
1: Jason it's been fantastic to chat with you um if people want to find out more about you more about um the rethink academy like what what, what's the best way for them to reach out connect find out more
2: Yeah, sure. So we have um, the Rethink Social Media book. Um, So I'm just holding up the book for all the podcast listeners. But if you go to uh, rethinkgift.com, you can download the first four chapters of that book for free. So you can kind of dive into that. Um, So that's where you can learn more about Rethink, the Rethink model. Uh, And then myself, the best place really, uh, because I do a lot of work on LinkedIn is LinkedIn. So Jason A. Osborne, uh, that's my name on LinkedIn to contact with me as well. But definitely go to rethinkgift.com. Uh, get those first four chapters for free and start just learning. And um it's it's a great, great book. I didn't write it, so I can say that.
1: <laughs> Amazing. That's I mean, I love what that you guys are also practicing what what you're preaching, giving away free value. That's what we talked about. I always yeah. trust marketers and coaches a lot more when they do what they're actually telling other people. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Yeah, we'd we we'd practice what we preach, absolutely.
1: <laughs> Jason, thanks so much. I'll put the links um in the description for people watching and listening so you can access that as well. Um have an awesome day because it's a beginning yes. of day for you.
2: It, it, you can see it coming in. It's like this light shining <laughs> on my head as as the sun <laughs> keeps rising. So
1: <laughs> Love it. Jason, thank you so much. Thank you everyone who was listening and watching as well. Um, I'll talk to you again. All right, guys, that's it from me for this week. Uh, Hope you enjoy the rest of your week. Hope you like the new Tuesday time. Hope that works well for you. Uh, I'll be back next week with another interview. Until next time, remember that sharing your talents with the world will make it a better place.
2: visit sixflags.com coke to save up to twenty dollars on passes plus daily tickets starting at 34.99.